Hey, listen, let's get into the word today. You turn them youth loose on worship, and we might be here all day doing some worship. They forget we oh, we got to sit down at some point. <laughs> listen, I'm glad each of you are here today. I want to get in really quickly into the word, and it's Next Gen Sunday. Most of you um, are, we're all kind of past being the next thing. <laughs> but listen, I, I have, some of y'all just catching that, we're past being the next thing. Some of you just dropped right in, you got it. I have six things I want to say to my graduates and to um, to my next gen people, my, my youth. I, have, I realize um, that this is my 10th year as youth pastor. Um, I was pregnant with Leo, and Pastor Jeremy and Haley said, hey, will you take this on? And I was like, I mean, cool. I got nothing else going on except for, like, growing a baby and stuff. So, yeah, let's do it. And um, so on June 17th of that year was our first Wednesday night that we kicked off. Um, that We have some great pictures of, of Abigail and me and some of us, like, painting that ugly building and, and rolling along. Man, Josiah and Samuel Varghese were, like, little guys. And, I mean, they didn't hardly talk at the time. They were just like, what, where am I? I mean, it was just crazy. But, listen, 10 years ago. And so I realized, as much as I like to think that I'm young, I am now officially old enough to say, well, when I was young, I learned some things. I'm officially old enough to say, like, I know some things. It didn't seem that way, but it's gotten there. And so I have six little things I want to drop in to our next gen. And I think you as adults um, will will agree with me on this, and maybe it'll be a little bit of a reminder to you. I'm going to go through these quickly. One, listen. Love people, have friends, but be cautious in whose voice gets to your heart. It's important to love people. I love people, and I have lots of friends. I have friends who are saved. I have friends who are unsaved. But the voice that gets to your heart, be cautious of it. Be cautious of it. It's important. Number two, you can do hard things, and you can do them well. And I wish I had learned this maybe in my first semester at college rather than my second. My GPA might have been slightly higher. But you can do hard things, and you can do those hard things well. But they are hard, and they require work. Number three, as your family roles change, continue to honor. Listen, yes, you are going to reach a point where your parents cannot technically tell you what to do anymore. That does not mean that you don't honor. When it says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, it actually doesn't give us a cutoff on that. And so we continue to honor as those roles and dynamics between you and your parents and family change continue to honor. It's part of what guarantees us a long life, according to the word of God. You will fall in love. I'm sorry, parents. It's going to happen. You will fall in love. Don't settle for less. All right? Love looks a lot of ways. And some of you will look back and be like, and I loved that, and you did, and we all survived through it. Right? Right? I remember some of the people I loved. We got through it, okay? <laughs> we all got through it. I didn't settle for less. The Lord was, prom- was favorable to me, okay? Right? That's, and I steal that phrase from Pastor Haley. Never settle 
for less than what God has for you. That was what she said to us after her first date with Pastor Jeremy. Take those words to the bank, okay? Never settle for less. And if you're not sure if it's less, ask your friend, is this less? And when your friend is like, um, well, I mean, may, maybe it is, it's less. Don't do it, right? <laughs> Number five, God's plan is unchanging. Don't be afraid to start over. If you go somewhere and it doesn't work, start over. If you make a decision as what you're going to do and it changes, it's okay. God's plan is unchanging. He is a better GPS than you could ever imagine. He is always able to reroute and recalculate and get you where you need to go. So don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of saying, hey, this was my plan, and now my plan has changed. God's plan for your life is unchanging, so don't be afraid to start over. And last one, love the local church. Man, I'm going to tell you what, there were some times where I did not love my local church. <laughs> I mean, I loved it, but I didn't, ugh. They like, you know, they'd be like, I'd walk in, so where have you been? I mean, I don't know where I've been, but you know, because they kept record, right? Y'all know who you are, because some of y'all asked me this question when I was like 15, and I'd be gone for two Sundays, and I'd show up, hi, Lindsay, where have you been, Right? Oh, man, the local church, it was like having a whole, whole giant room full of nosy aunts and uncles at times, right? They had opinions on my fashion, right? So we're doing blue hair now? Okay. Mm-hmm. I see that. Oh, so we got another tattoo. Uh-huh. Okay. They had opinions, right? But let me tell you something. If I was broke on the side of the road, they would be the ones to stop and pick me up. This local church loved me through all my seasons, carried me through all my heartaches. They were with me as I buried loved ones. They were with me as I dedicated my children. They were with me when I walked down the aisle. They were with me through it all. And let me tell you something. We are nosy because we care about you. So listen. It is great to have people who care enough about you to look at you and say, so where you been? right? They care about you. Love this local church. If God moves you somewhere else, the first thing you do is you find a local church and you plant yourself into it. Because the local church, let me tell you, God built it. He ordained it. It is what he established before he went back to heaven. He said, upon this rock will I build my church. And it's important. So love the local church. You'll never regret a day that you spend there. I promise. I promise. All right, listen, let's get really quickly into the word. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6 from the Passion Translation. I don't think I'm going to get as T.D. Jakes as last week. Those of you who watch TV preachers, I may be a little bit more Andy Stanley today, a little less T.D. Jakes. We'll see how it goes. If you weren't here last week, I know you've missed it, but that's all I can say. What delight comes to those who follow God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. But how different are the wicked. All they are 
is dust in the wind, driven away to destruction. The wicked will not endure the day of judgment, for God will not defend them. Nothing they do will succeed or endure for long, for they have, endure for long, sorry. The Lord embraces, no, I can't read. For they have no part with whose walk in truth. But how different it is for the righteous. Say that. But how different it is for the righteous. The Lord embraces their paths as they move forward, while the way of the wicked leads only to doom. But how different it is for the righteous. The righteous means those who follow God's way, those who are in right standing with God. I want to bring two points to us today about what it means to be able to know that we are righteous. And I want to just point out about trust and favor. Let me tell you something. Trusting God seems counterintuitive, and it is definitely countercultural, right? Trusting this unseen thing. It, is, it does not make sense to those who are not in it. Trusting God is always a challenge. It is always an act of faith, and it is always a choice. I, I was listening to this lady talk about trusting God, and she was talking about she, um, her friend talked her into going to ride a motorcycle. She had never done it before, but she decided to do it. And they were taking the little class, and it was talking about when you go into the curve and you have to lean, and how your instinct is to lean away, but instead you have to lean into the curve, and it feels like you're going to fall over. So then I looked up this little interesting statistic that says our human bodies are conditioned to, after we lean at a 20% angle, that's when we start to fall and automatically we'll start to adjust. So that 20% angle, we're like, oh, okay, we're good here. But when we start to go past a 20% angle, our bodies begin to fall and recalculate, right? We're conditioned to only lean so far. And so when you're riding that motorcycle and you have to lean, you have to first trust that the tires are going to grip the road, right? And then you have to trust and train your muscles to allow you to lean as far as you need to lean. And it is further than your mind and your body wants to go. Because our mind and our body are conditioned to have a response that says, oh, no, I'm leaning too far. I have to lean back, right? And so when you're leaning into that curve, you have to trust that the bike is going to hold you up. You have to trust and train that your muscles are going to do what they are supposed to do. And so I've really kind of in my mind, I've been saying that the 21%, that's our faith angle, right? That's where faith has to take over. And let me tell you something. The word of God says, but how different it is for the righteous. The Lord embraces their past as they move forward. But let me tell you something. That takes trust to believe that the Lord is going to embrace you and take care of you. It is so easy to rely on our own strength. It is so easy to rely on our own thoughts to get us out of situations. But we have to trust God. And some of us have not faced a lot of things. We really, if we're honest, haven't been pushed past that 20% mark. Man, we haven't been forced to really lean into God. But those times will always come. 
And we have to make a decision about whether or not we are going to continue to lean into God and trust that he is going to hold us up and that he is going to take care of us. And let me tell you something. We have to train our thoughts and our muscles and our bodies to trust God. Because our flesh will say, no, you need to go out and borrow money. Our flesh will say, no, you need to go ahead and do this right now before, before the opportunity passes you by. Nope, this person's the only person. He's the first person to say, I love you. Nobody else probably will. So you better just run straight towards him. Listen, our, our flesh will tell us to jump and to correct as soon as we can. And sometimes we just have to keep leaning. And keep trusting. And we got to realize when we get to 21%, oh, gosh, it's still, man, I don't know about this, and 22%. And then we're leaning and leaning more into faith with God. Let me tell you something. When we don't lean in to trust, that's where we skid and fall and go flying. But if we will hold on to that God, if we will hold on to that trust and keep leaning, we're going to come around every curve that comes our way and we'll be right back where we need to go. Trust. Trust. It's an important part of righteousness. Listen, righteousness, God puts us in right standing, but then we have to have faith in God. If I am in right standing with God, then I have to trust that God is going to treat me as though I am in right standing with him. I have to trust that he is going to take care of me. I have to trust that he is going to give me wisdom. I have to trust that he's going to do what he said he would do. So let me tell you, being in right standing and righteousness with God, we have to continue to walk a life of trust. And it is countercultural and it is counterintuitive. And nobody is ever going to say, you're right, you should just trust God. That's not what the world is going to say. The world is going to say, this is never going to be okay. Get out of this situation. This is never going to work out right. The world is going to always tell you to put yourself first. Put yourself first. Do what you got to do to take care of yourself. And sometimes you just got to realize it's not really always my job. Sometimes I just need to lean in and trust God no matter what happens. And guys, young people, life's going to throw you some really big curves. Old people which is everybody over the age of 25 when you're a kid. Old people, you've made it around some curves. And we've leaned up when we should have leaned in. Some of us have the battle scars to prove it, that we didn't trust when we should have, right? Let's make a conscious decision when we're facing these curves to lean in to faith. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, being I have said, and I say this a lot during messages because it's just part of who I am, I grew up in charismatic church, right? And there's this little phrase, and I've said it before jokingly, right? Favor isn't fair, right? Like, you pull up to Walmart, and the front parking space is open. And you're like, ha, favor ain't fair, right? You know, we've made these little comments. We've said things. We act like favor is a reward for something, right? Like, we have favor as a reward. Favor is not a reward. Favor is for service, 
The angel didn't tell Mary she was favored and then hand her a million dollars. He said, blessed and highly favored, now you get to do the hardest thing that any woman has ever had to do. You get to carry the Savior of the world. So let me tell you something, young people. Let me tell you something, grown people. You are favored. God has given you favor in your jobs. He's given you favor in relationships. He has given you favor financially. He has given you favor. And it is not a reward for how good you are. It is for the service that he has called you to do. Favor is not about status. Favor is about service. Now, how does that connect to righteousness? Really quickly, listen to Romans 28, 28 through 30. And this is out of the Passion Translation. Y'all know this verse. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among, among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Listen, we are a people who must walk in trust and acknowledge the favor that God has given us because this righteousness that we have is not our own. It was transferred to us for a purpose. And everything is working together for our good, yes, but for his glory. And this is something that is so often missed by every generation. We say, God's working together all things for my good. Yes, he is, but it's also for his glory. So you may think something is good for you, but if it is not for his glory, then it will not work the way that you want it to go. Oh, man, I want God to work this for my good. It may seem good, but if it does not line up with what is going to bring him glory, it will not come to pass the way that you want it to come to pass. So listen, young people, and listen, all of us, sometimes we need to step back and take a moment to realize that what we think is good is not always what brings glory to God. But what brings glory to God is always good for us. Listen to what I'm saying. What we think is good may not always bring glory to God. But what brings glory to God is always good for us. And that is the lens that we have got to look through in this life. We have got to be able to see that God's glory is always good for us. And that means when we walk through hard things at times, he will work it together for our good. Because it will work for his glory, and his glory is always good. In Luke chapter 1, later on in verse 36 through 38, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has, was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. No matter what age you are, listen, today the question I want to ask you is, are you willing to carry the Lord? Are you willing to carry the Lord wherever you go?
Because this is the calling that is the same for all of us. His last commandment is our first priority. Christine Kane says that all the time. His last commandment is our first priority. And what was his last commandment that we go into all the world and make disciples? Let me tell you something. Will you make the decision to carry the Lord wherever you go? Will you make that choice? Because Elizabeth carried in her a forerunner for the Lord. She carried the Lord inside of her. The forerunner for Jesus was birthed out of her at an old age. And Mary, very young, some people say as young as 15 or 16, carried with her the actual Lord Jesus personified here on earth. They chose to carry the Lord. And I want to tell some of you in here who think you are past your youth. You think, listen, I've already I've got children maybe I should have done some of these things before I had kids or before I got married let me tell you something the Lord is always here and he needs people to carry him your purpose and your destiny does not have an expiration date on it And you are always able to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. Let me tell you something. Generation above this one graduating and underneath them, it's time for you to stop settling for day in and day out monotony and begin to realize that you are bearers of God everywhere you go. Are our jobs hard? Yes. Oh, my gosh, some of them are really hard. You know why they give teachers a break in the summer? Because there would be no teachers in August if you did not give us a break in the summer, right? Because at this point in the year, everybody's like, are you teaching next year? You're like, I don't know. Chick-fil-A is hiring $12 an hour, looking pretty good, right? We actually had this conversation with some teachers this week. We're like, I don't know. Chick-fil-A really is hiring $12 an hour, right? Jobs are hard. That's the job I know. I know other y'all got hard jobs, right? Life is hard sometimes. But let me tell you something. Your purpose that God has for you, it may be tied to what your job is a little bit, but your purpose goes beyond your profession. Your purpose goes beyond your status in life. Your purpose goes beyond your season of living, okay? Your purpose is always to be a carrier of God wherever you go. And so in this crucial moment of Christianity where Christ is coming, it is no mistake that God chooses a barren woman and a woman too young, and he unites the generations to birth Jesus Christ. He unites the old and the young to birth Christ. It says your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will have vision. You know what that means, right? It means young people have such big ideas that old people fall asleep in exhaustion even thinking about them. But then the Lord helps us to dream a way to figure out what the young people want to do. It takes both to carry Christ. And so listen, we need this next generation to have vision. We need them to carry Jesus to a lost and broken world. But those of us who are a little bit older, it's time for us to dream dreams and see how to make things happen. And it is time for us to realize that we carry the Lord within us too. And we have got to keep running and keep worshiping and keep pushing and keep meditating on the Lord every day because his last words are our first priority. And none of us ever run out of needing to carry Jesus to somebody, right? None of us ever run out of that calling. It said, remember how different it is for the righteous. It's different. 
for the people of God. One thing I have seen in my life, I have friends who don't serve the Lord, who have wonderful houses and beautiful children, and they have successful lives. And I have friends who serve the Lord and don't have all those things. But there's still something to be said. See how different it is for the righteous. Because life turns out the same difficulty on the righteous and the unrighteous. But see how different it is for the righteous. Because when you are following after Jesus, when you are carrying Jesus inside of you, then he is always, what does it say? He is always embracing your path as you move forward. He's always embracing your path. Young people, I want to encourage you to choose Jesus and keep choosing him every day. And it's hard. And you're going to do things and make decisions sometimes that you, man, you're going to regret. But let me tell you something. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. We all fall short, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And so if you will listen to this word, what delight comes to the one who follows God's way? What delight comes? It says that you will be like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted, bearing fruit in every season. Let me tell you something. Dig your roots down deep. Dig them down deep. You carry Jesus with you. Keep choosing him every day. Grown people, you have not grown out of choosing Jesus every day. You are not on autopilot till you get to heaven. You have to choose Jesus every day. You have to carry him every day. He has given favor upon your life, not as a pat on the back, but so that you will serve the kingdom of God. We have to choose every day, young and old, to trust God and lean in to what he has for us. When you are out of, his, out of your depths, you are just beginning to touch the depths of Jesus. Our impossible is where he starts. He is embracing your path as you go forward. So listen, young people. We're sending you out, so to speak. Trust him every day. Walk in the favor that he's given you. Win souls and come home often. Great are the plans that the Lord has for you. And he will work everything together for your good and his glory. And when we can find, (laughs) when we can find contentment in the glory of God, we will find goodness in our life. But how different it is for the righteous. I can say without a shadow of a doubt that it is different to grow up in the righteousness of God. It's different. Choose it every day and walk in what he has called you to be. I said last, you know, today this is not as as rip-roaring as I was last week, but I really wanted to just bring some foundational truth to all of us to remember in this season of our life, right? 
Because, I, and I really, that, that phrase, that favor isn't about an applause and about how good you are, it's for service. I really want it to be something that, that our church and our, this generation and all of us take into our hearts. God has not given you what he has given you because you have somehow done something better than someone else. He has given you what he has given you for the service that he has called you to do. So begin to look and say, what has God called me to do? You carry Jesus with you. That's why he gave you favor. Because he is in you. So he gave you favor. Walk in that. Walk in that. Pastor Jeremy is going to come and we're going to take an offering up for our next gen here in just a second. We're sending these kids to camp. For several of them, this is their last year like their last year's of camper. It's totally not y'all's last year. That's so funny because you're going to continue to go every year for like the rest of your life. That's the way I feel about it. You just get to become a leader next time around, okay? This is their last year's campers for some of them. But we got lots of young people going with us. We've got a lot signed up for kids camp and a lot signed up to next for, for um, Youth America. And let me tell you something, that is not money wasted, right? There are pictures of uh, Adrian Davis and I when we were a lot skinnier. And a lot younger, right, going to Youth America, walking around the same camp campus that these kids walk around. And, man, I'm so thankful for those times and those memories that we had as God just poured richly into our lives. So open up and the favor that the Lord has given you, sow it into the next generation today, right? I want to pray over you really quickly today before I turn it over to Pastor Jeremy. May the favor of the Lord always shine upon our lives. May we be carriers of Jesus everywhere that we go. May we serve you all the days of our life. May we choose you, Jesus, every day. May we always strive for your glory first and trust with all of our heart that you will bring good to our lives if we seek your glory. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the favor of your righteousness upon us. Thank you for transferring your righteousness to us. Thank you for giving us different lives for choosing to walk with you. God, I pray, help us to see the favor of the Lord. Help us to lean in and trust you with all of our hearts and carry you to the world around us. Lord Jesus, I pray over these two young ladies right here. They have been leaders in our house since they were babies. They began bossing us around when they were barely able to walk. And, Lord, you have anointed and called a purpose upon their lives, both of them. We see their gifts, their outside gifts. God, we thank you for the outwardly visible gifts that you have blessed them with that bless us continuously. We thank you for those outward gifts. But, God, I thank you for the blessing that you are putting on the inside of them. God, I thank you that you are knitting their hearts closer to you every, every day. Lord, I come against and I bind the attack of the enemy on their lives. Father, the enemy has tried to take them out more than once. He has tried to destroy them from multiple different angles. But, Father, they bear upon them the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And I pray right now, I rebuke the devourer and I tell him to flee. Every step they take will be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You will open every door that needs to be opened and close every one that needs to be closed. I pray protection upon them. I pray blessing upon them. I pray favor upon them. God, let them trust you with their whole entire hearts. Father, they have been leaders to us and so we 
we as a church, we extend to them our prayer, our fervency of heart to say, God, we ask that you do great and mighty things with them. May they bear Jesus everywhere they go. May every dark corner they walk into be immediately lit up. Remove every obstacle from their path as they walk forward into this next season. I thank you, Jesus, for the work that you are doing in both of them. It is just the beginning. It is just the beginning. I've been a youth pastor for 10 years. Pastor Jeremy's been a youth pastor for a long time before that. There are very rarely, there are young people who I love and do great things, but there is a call and anointing of God on your lives to do great and mighty things. And the enemy is so scared of what God will do through you that he has sought to take you out at every turn. He has sought to sow doubt into you. He has sought to destroy your confidence and tell you, that you're not worthy enough and you're not good enough to question your talents and abilities. And I'm telling you, the enemy is so scared of what God will do through you that he has circled his wagons around you. But today the God of angel armies is coming in from the north, south, east, and the west. And he is fighting every battle that is surrounding you. And we, as your church family, we say, enemy, you must flee. Only Jesus lives here. His blood protects them. And they will go and do great and mighty things in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.